Good morning. I think I'm recording. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, so <clears throat> I decided <laughs> to do this on my phone this morning using just press record and <clears throat> to not go to my <laughs> computer and just to record this. So I'm going to share, I'm waking up, I've actually been awake, but I haven't been (laughs) talking a lot, and so I haven't gotten the uh, out of my voice yet, (laughs) but I wanted to share a few lines of thought, so the first one is that I was playing Dice World and I love the dice games. It's really fun to play them and um, I learn a lot, a lot and I blogged about it some years ago. But at one point or two, (laughs) um, I was thinking about something and something happened where I missed an opportunity to win a game because I was like maybe one point away or I lost a game also because I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention. And so I thought about something that I've often thought about and I think written and talked about, but, you know, When people talk a lot about money and abundance, they, we, I, (laughs) sometimes forget to consider to what am I paying attention? We, we, I often hear, you know, oh, we're paying this bill and that bill and, oh, uh, I remember when I was paying for YouTube to have ads free, and I did it for a year, $10 a month, and all of a sudden I said, whoa, that's $120. Do I want to keep doing it? And I said, no. And it does mean that I'm getting three seconds of lots of ads, and then I'm you know, I'm skipping it. And so it's a bit of an inconvenience, but I'd rather do that than pay $10 a month. And what this really means to me, though, is what thoughts am I paying attention to? What thoughts are you paying attention to? And when you are, are those thoughts that are contributing to attracting abundance or are they taking away and are they distracting you from bringing in the abundance that you want so to what to whom are you paying attention paying attention paying and are you paying 
for things that are no, are no longer yours? Are they paying? Are you paying for things that are not yielding interest? And I remember um, a wonderful woman, I'm not remembering her last name at this current time, but um, we used to do some shows and um, she was pivotal to um, a program called ACB Reports. Her name was Lynn, but I'm not, not remembering her last name. But anyway... She talked about how <clears throat> how we get edited in and edited out by other people, and a lot of it's visual, but it's not only visual. A lot of it is um, what we hear and what we what we feel, what we feel based on what other people are doing or saying, and so. Um, what we feel and how we edit probably has enormous consequences to how we decide and what we decide to pay attention, to pay, to pay or not to pay attention choice. And if we are realizing that we're not yielding interest over and over again, then that produces or brings about feeling. And how we feel is pivotal to information that allows us to choose, to choose. It's like Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning when he realized that in any moment he could choose to feel differently, to think or behave differently. He could choose, he could choose. And there are choices, very, very subtle choices that we each and all have in any given moment. And I know some of you, I know some of you with whom I work, how you are becoming and have become so extraordinarily aware of the choices that you're making in any given moment, whom to trust, whom to listen to, when to stop allowing them to, that phrase, trigger you, when to stop allowing them to affect or influence you in such direct ways. And I think that kind of awareness of choice in any given moment is so extraordinary in how we go forward and or move backward and forward, etc. 
you know, what does someone who's driving do when they are sometimes parking, sometimes attempting to move around or move to a different place, uh, direction, sometimes they back up a little and they turn a little and they back up a little and they turn a little and they go forward and then they back up. Well, I think we do that. We do that in terms of fine-tuning the ways in which we are paying, the ways in which we are spending, spending time and energy, not only spending money, but spending. And what do we say sometimes? Ooh, I feel spent, or I feel half spent. Oh, man, what does that do to attracting abundance? Okay, that's one topic. Um, another that crossed my mind that I want to share is, so my cat is 15 um, chippies. Uh, many of you know of him. He's a Hemingway. He has eight toes on each front foot, six on each back. And um, he's 15. I've had him since he was a month old. And I'm telling you, I, I still am amazed that at that beginning point, he was too young to be away from his mother. He, um, I guess, was left. He was very, very tiny. And um, the shelter where I had, I'd called a few shelters. I was looking for a Hemingway or a Himalayan. And so when I heard about him, they said he was too young to be kept in a shelter and they wanted me to foster him and then in a month adopt him. So that's what I did. And when I took him um, to the place where they gave him all his shots, they also neutered him, and, um, and I adopted him at, um, by then, I think it was um, a couple of months, or maybe they made me wait um, until he was three months. I don't remember exactly. I think it was a month from when I got him. And they figured he was a month old. <clears throat> so I have had him all this time. And from when he was that little baby, um, I gave him kitten milk. Um, I fed him hamburger by my hand to his mouth. Um, he slept on my chest. He wouldn't eat unless I was there. And I had to travel at one point, a few months down the road, and a friend of mine looked in, and he, I mean, he hated it when I wasn't there. Um, you know, he threw up, he, he just hated it, it the anxiety. And um, so he has been with me longer than any guide dog, longer, <coughs> longer than any animal, any pet. <coughs> and excuse me. And so um, I've almost thought that I've lost him a few times. He had a urinary tract uh, situation where um, I thought I almost lost him. He was around three. 
And I've had to have him on that very expensive CD cat food. Um, I got him off of it for a while, and I never should have, um, because last year I ended up finding that he had a urinary tract infection. They said he has to stay on that food. It's very expensive. And um, I also learned not to have a, a feeder out for him to eat whatever he wanted as often as he wanted because he um, got overweight. And because he got overweight and he had this urinary tract infection, he became diabetic. I had to learn to give him insulin, which I did. And um, the vet said it was probably borderline. And eventually, um, yeah, he got off of insulin. He went, his sugar went too low. And now I am monitoring his feeding and how much and, and when. And, and it's going really, really well. So lots of times I find, oh, he's eaten what I've given him. He's telling me he's ready for more, and that's good, and it's a combination of wet food and dry food throughout the day. And what I notice is there are times that he's meowing and kind of following me around, and and sometimes I get impatient. It's like, oh, come on. Why are you meowing? Oh, my gosh. Why are you meowing? Well, what I notice is that it's not always about food. He wants me to light somewhere so he can be near me. That's all he wants. It's, it's like, come on, Mommy, just be somewhere so I can sleep on you, be near you. And it makes me think about what is it that most of us are wanting lots of times. It isn't always about feed me, give me something. It's about just be with me, just connect with me, just be still with me, just give me time so I can just be and connect and be at peace, be comfort-able. Comfort-able. I love to do that with words. So I just invite you to consider what is it you are wanting lots of times beyond what you say or think, and what is it that others in your life are wanting. And that makes me think about if we're all in a circle and we hear views of other people that we don't resonate with, what is it they are wanting? What is it we are wanting with our views? Is it really that we want and need others to agree with us? Is it really that we are wanting or needing them to agree? Is it really that we're all wanting to agree? Or is it that we are mostly wanting to just be heard? And really what Greg Braden has said is that, they're wa- that we are wanting to be felt, not touched, but felt. Are we wanting to know that someone feels us, gets us? 
I think that's really what we're wanting. It's like my cat. He's saying, Mommy, can you feel me? Do you get me? Can you just have room that allows me to be? And I think that's what we are wanting with our various views. And have you ever noticed that where you are in a moment, in a circle, in a room, might change your perspective. So if you're in a room that has speakers of that are playing music or something behind you, does that give you a perspective about what you are wanting versus what if those speakers are in front of you? Or let's say they're off to the side. Does that change your focus? And let's say you're standing in a room and you're looking around. And let's say that in the direction that you're facing, there's a glare or there's a pile of trash or there's a beautiful bunch of flowers. Does that change your focus by the direction in which you are facing? So, or wanting to face. So let's say you know that at three o'clock in that circle, there's a table of delicious food. Does that change your focus to where you are wanting to focus or pay attention. So is it possible that we change our perspective by where we are standing or sitting or being in that, in that circle, in that space? And is it possible that we can just allow whomever, whatever is in that circle to be where they are, knowing that at any given moment we might change our perspective and we might be at different places in that circle. So maybe we don't have to throw out or say, oh, get out of the circle or I don't have room for you in this circle, just knowing that we might allow differently. So I think that's enough for me to share for now. I think there was something else, but I think that's enough. And um, if you like what you're hearing, you can always contribute if you wish. Uh, My PayPal is paypal.me slash Debbie Hazelton. And you can always write me to... um, share and you can always reach out to work with me individually and or um, in with couples or groups. Um, I am working uh, as a private consultant and I am ordained, although my ordination uh, is with a group that recognizes individual ministries. And so I take an interfaith, new thought, inclusive approach Uh, If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that. I also do Beyond Quantum Healing sessions where there is 
uh, a hypnosis experience that allows uh, one to go to wherever they uh, wish to go, their higher self to go, or their other um, self uh, from other lives, uh, etc., wish to go, um, and see what wants to come forth. I also do emotional freedom technique, and I work with Bach flower remedies. And as you notice, I do a lot of reframing and working with ideas, uh, working with concepts to bring about reframing. And so always take what you like and leave the rest. I do a lot of public speaking. (laughs) I think that's apparent as well. And um, my music program called In the Quiet is up on Mixcloud, and I invite you to find it there. I need to get the actual URL, Um, and so onward, onward we go. Have a wonder-filled, blessed, peace-filled day, joy-filled day, if, if that is what you are wanting, and thanks for being here on this time around, where at any given moment, We are able to experience differently, and may your experience be filled with more than what it was even a moment ago, bringing you into greater discovery, playfulness, joy, etc., all that you are wanting. Bye for now.